Amazing. Well, good evening. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Tom. I'm part of the leadership team at St Aldate's and what a privilege it is to speak to you tonight on this Nation Sunday and uh, continue our series in Colossians. We've already heard from Emily that we are all set apart to go and I don't know quite how that makes you feel tonight. For some of you that might give you this yeah come on let's do it I'm so excited others there's probably a feeling of like dread almost and kind of oh goodness I don't feel equipped to do that I don't know what to do but tonight what I want to say is that we're all called to mission mission isn't a bolt-on extra for those of us that feel like it mission is a fundamental part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and as I've spent some time in this passage this week it's challenged me to wake up and reminded me that I'm called to mission and that if you're a follower of Jesus, you are too. What I want to say tonight is this, God is calling all of us to play our part in his mission, both to the nations and in your location. So let me pray as we, as we look at this passage together. Father God, we thank you so much for this uh, chunk of your word from this letter uh, to this ancient church from Paul. And Father, we pray that you would uh, open our eyes to see how it could be relevant for us tonight. Amen. Well, if God is calling us all to be part of his mission, I think the first question we've got to ask is, what is that mission? God's mission is to reunite his people with himself. How does he do that? Through sending his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a wooden cross, to take away our sin and our shame, the same Jesus who rises on the third day sends the Holy Spirit, the helper, and establishes the foundations of the church through which God seeks to reach every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. The gospel is central to mission, and the church, and that, that's us, is the vehicle for that. So how do we all get involved in God's mission to the nations? Just two points tonight getting involved in God's mission to the nations and getting involved in God's mission to your location. So firstly, getting involved in God's mission to the nations. We have to ask, first and foremost, God, are you asking me to go? And if tonight, as, you, as we've been talking about this, you've had that sense that God is calling you to go to the nations, to follow in the footsteps of others we've heard from through the video or through the interview, then do it. There is no greater adventure than to follow the calling that God has placed on your life. And for some tonight, that calling might be to go to the nations. Come and talk to us, uh, to the leadership team, if that's something you feel that you're called to do. But all of us are called to play our part in God's mission to the nations. And if we're not those that are going, then how? Pray. Paul starts here in verse two by encouraging the Colossians to pray and to do that in three ways. Pray diligently, pray watchfully and pray thankfully. There's a whole message for us uh, in just that verse, according to intentional, deliberate and intercessional prayer. But our focus tonight is on what Paul says next. Paul says, pray for us too. That is Paul and his missionary team. Paul is asking this church to pray for those who are going to the nations and we as the church today need to continue to answer that call. 
How can we pray for those that are sent? Paul asked the Colossians to pray for two things, that God would open a door for the word and that he, Paul, will be able to share the gospel message, which he calls the mystery of Christ, clearly. Literally, that means reveal it, make it known. What does Paul mean when he says that God may open a door for the word? I think he's asking for God-given, God-prepared opportunities to speak into people's lives in such a way that they'll open the door of their hearts to Jesus. That God will open a door for the gospel. Why does Paul call it the mystery of Christ? Because of the extraordinary nature of it. The very idea that God himself would become like us so that he can reconcile us to himself. That's mind-blowing. It's incendiary. In some places, that's a dangerous thing to say. In a letter to another church, Paul says, when I, come to, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with lofty words or complicated arguments. I decided to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. And my speech and my words were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Here, Paul asks for them to pray for an open door for the word so that he and those working with him can effectively preach the gospel. We need to get behind those who we've sent out to the nations in prayer. And this is something that all of us can do and all of us are called to do. Many of us will know uh, people who've been chosen to go. Um, pray for them. <laughs> if you don't know anyone, then why not adopt one of our church's mission partners, somebody that you've seen on the video or someone from our website, and pray for them. Remember, Paul is writing to people he's never met and asking them to pray for him. Why is this so important? Because the mission of God is of paramount importance. That's the first thing. But also, Paul adds here as an afterthought almost in verse three, the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Mission always faces opposition, but prayer motors mission. Mission always faces opposition, but prayer motors mission. One commentator imagines this scene as a battlefield. Paul is on the front line under heavy fire, phoning back to those in HQ, asking them to help to get involved. Our prayers can directly affect the impact, the reach, the experience of those who've been sent to the nations. When it comes to getting involved in God's mission to the nations, we only have two options, to go to the nations or to pray for those who've gone. Somebody uh, texted me this week to say, Tom, I thought you'd want to know. Your friend who's on mission in Uganda, uh, her pastor has come down with COVID and she and her pastor have been in close contact so there's a significant transmission risk. Please pray. And I'm ashamed to admit that you know, this is one of my really good friends, but I hadn't thought about her for ages or the work that she's doing there. God, this week has been stirring my heart again to pray for people like the, her and others who are out on the front line of mission. Go or pray, but either way, get involved in God's mission to the nations. But we're also each called to get involved in the mission of God to our location. 
this is where the second half of our passage for tonight comes into play. Paul tells the Colossians to walk and to speak. So firstly, walk. In the NIV, verse 5 says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. But the little literal translation that Ellie read to us is walk in wisdom. Another way of saying that is walk in the way of Jesus. N.T. Wright says, follow Christ as God's pattern for full and authentic human living. Because blameless life lays the foundation for gracious witness. Simply walk like Jesus. Make the most of every opportunity. Here again, this literally translates as buy up every opportunity, snap up every opportunity you have because they're like Black Friday bargains. They're really valuable. And once they're gone, they're gone. Give everything you have for the mission, for the gospel. The mission of God is of paramount importance. People are going to look at the way in which you go about your life. And that is going to reflect on Jesus and whether or not they want to choose to follow him too. One of the, the jobs I do in this church is looking after our small groups. And it's been an amazing privilege, particularly in the first lockdown, to see the way in which small groups supported their local communities, getting involved in caring for neighbours, setting up WhatsApp groups. That is walking in wisdom. The work act, the act is doing to feed the homeless that is walking in wisdom towards outsiders. But it's not just the way we are that's important. That can open a door, but it's what we say too. Paul tells the Colossians their speech should always be gracious. That is both gracious in tone, but also full of the grace of God and salty. And that's not, as one of my interns thought this week, uh, not salty as in American sassy, but salty as in fresh, tasty and appealing. So that you may know how to answer everyone. Again, the ultimate aim is the mission of God. In 1 Peter 3.15, it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone you, who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. It's possible when we're talking about Jesus to win the argument, but lose the person. Eugene Peterson writes, the goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down or cut them out. That doesn't mean our speech can't be incisive. It doesn't mean it can't be argue, kind of argumentative almost in a way. Um, but we've, you know, we've already seen that the mystery of Christ can be incendiary, but we're to use our words with care and graciously. So whenever we get an opportunity to speak about Jesus, we've got to grab it with both hands, particularly at the moment. Our interactions with people have become so limited because of COVID and lockdown. But we start a mission to our neighbours, to the people on our street, the, at the school gate, maybe, or maybe the people in our own homes. And our location might also be online. We've seen, uh, particularly in the last few months, how online mission has become really possible, uh, particularly with Alpha, but also the kind of stuff that Tim and Rachel Green were talking about in the video earlier. Maybe your location is online or one of your locations is online. Each of us is called not 
just to get involved in God's mission to the nations, but in his mission to your location too. One example of this has been our amazing 815 outreach team who before lockdown, when we were still running the 815 service, uh, they were going out and just having conversations with people. I've been really inspired by their faith. But I want to leave you with um, one other story, uh, just about a housemate of mine from a few years back, uh, a guy called Andy, relatively new Christian, uh, and he was training to be a barber. And he came to talk to me and my other housemate because he was frustrated at the lack of opportunities he was getting to share the gospel, because he was stuck in this one man shop all day. And he said, it's so frustrating because I only speak to four or five of my clients each day about Jesus. And I remember being just hit by his faith. And we can dismiss that as overzealousness or we can see it as somebody buying up every opportunity to share Jesus. And that's where I want to finish. We're all called to go. It's just a question of how far. God is calling us all to get involved in his mission to the nations, either by going or praying. And God is calling you to his mission, to your location, both through what you do and what you say.